All right, Eric, welcome to the very first episode of Let's Talk Try Shop. How's it going, dude? It's going good, man. Yeah, great to be here. This is also uh, my first podcast, too, so we're both, uh, both in the same boat here. Heck yeah, let's let it rip. Let's so uh, I guess to start off with, let's just um, let's tell the folks kind of, yeah, maybe who you are. How we met and uh, what you're up to. Yeah, so um, I'm Eric Loricella. Uh, I do triathlons and I'm trying to race professionally and make this my job. Right now, I work a part time job as a lifeguard and a swim coach at the local YMCA here in San Francisco, um, which is fun, super chill job. Uh, get to be involved in at least one part of the, the sport of triathlon. And Let's see how we met. Met in Utah. That's right. I was living there. We did, what was it San Hollow? Yeah. San yep. Hollow. Sprint distance race. Uh, let's see. Um, had a good race there. I ended up winning overall, which was like, I think, my best performance in like 2000, was that 2019. That's possibly. right. Yeah. So that was super fun. Uh, and then, yeah, you just came up to me. It's like, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey. And I was like, yeah, I'm Eric. And he's like, I live in Colorado. And then, uh, yeah, that's how we met right there. Just uh, doing something we both enjoyed enjoyed doing. A little suffering, a little fun. That's right. And then uh, I think that summer you came out to do the Boulder Peak. That's right. We had a yeah, fantastic yeah. performance, 2019 Boulder Peak. I think that was definitely a great one. That was a fun race. I think we both flatted twice. Yes, that's right. We both flatted <laughs> twice. Yeah. You right out of transition. I was like, oh, I got him. And then me, I don't, not even five minutes up the road. I mm-hmm. was sitting there like, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> Yeah, those things happen. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, but we both finished the race. We did. The and cool then, thing about that race, I think the best, well, one, it's it's pretty, it's just iconic. The hill is super fun. I always pronounce the hill wrong. What is it called again? Old stage old stage I was what do you say you old. remember I was, I was calling it stag old like, stag yeah nope yep <laughs> <laughs> so that was brutal but uh it was super fun the bike course is nice for a like a local triathlon it really feels like like an, not an ironman event but it feels bigger than your just local triathlon which is cool i think part of that is just being in boulder and everyone just like kind of taking the sport a little more serious than other states i guess or other little you know counties or places to live but the slip and slide that has to be the funnest part of the end it's just like you're suffering and you slip inside and you hope you don't cramp because <laughs> yeah. i think i did i got <laughs> slid down and i just was like oh the hamstring oh man yeah but a good yeah. race boulder peak is a quintessential race that is for sure yeah and yeah. then yeah and then i was living in utah and then moved to oregon in Oregon, we had another little rendezvous in Oregon. That's right, we did. Mm-hmm. We did. We had, well, for then we had that we did. Um, what was the one in Virginia? Draft legal oh, nationals. Oh, that's right. Earlier that year, we met in Virginia for draft legal nationals. Yeah, that's right. That was fun. That was a super fun race. Yeah, yeah. That was my second draft legal race. That was that's right. You had been kind of at that point. Still pretty focused on short course draft legal. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's what I thought I wanted to do because I was like, all right, this is how you progress like through the sport. Is like first you start with draft legal racing, you know, and then you as you get older you move up to middle distance, then full Ironman. But I was I was wanted to I guess yeah try to race in that Olympic type distance and and scene and man is it tough you know that is a a tough one if you're not I think a uh, you didn't grow up doing swimming cycling or running and you kind of jump into it as like an age grouper. That's a tough one to be competitive in, but it is so much fun. Uh, just full throttle for one hour. All gas. All you can go. No breaks. All, all go. Yeah. Yeah. It's whatever you can do. Just pure. Yeah. yeah. Fun. That was fun. And then I think you were starting to think about transitioning to 70.3 um, just because yeah. I think there's – Back in the like the early two thousands, the twenty tens, there were more Olympic distance non draft races that had prize purses where you could qualify to be a pro. But these these races have kind of been eliminated now, and so yeah. now really the only criteria. I mean, I guess there's what like eight different ways USAT allows for a pathway to professional. But probably yeah, the yeah, there's a couple yeah, a good amount. The easy or the most straightforward, rather, the most straightforward way is having a race where the prize purse is what twenty thousand. Yeah, 000? twenty thousand or more, and you got to finish top three. But it also has to be in within eight percent of the time of whatever the professional, the first professional male did, or if you're a female, whatever the first professional female did in that race. So. Right. Right, a couple criteria there, but then you can also go to like uh, Olympic distance nationals, and I think get first through fifth and still get it there. Yep. And there's a couple other like ways if you started the sport kind of early through like the junior pathway of like doing those draft legal races. I don't know what age like junior kids start at. I think it's like fourteen. Like yeah. Females. I think that youth is twelve to twelve to fourteen. And then yeah. I think juniors is 15 to maybe 18. And then I think they have the U23. Do we have That's U23 right. in triathlon? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's that. Yeah. So that would be the 18 to 23-year-old kids. Yeah. Um, That's super cool. They have a pathway to like – and I didn't even know about the sport until I was 20, you know? Right. So – how, how did you find out about it? That's a good story. Yeah, so um, how did I find? I played team sports all growing up, uh, a bunch of different sports. You know, as a kid, my which I'm super grateful for. I think my parents always forced me to just try a bunch of different sports, mm-hmm. and wasn't like you know, pick one sport. You're doing it spring, fall, summer, winter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was really good. I started off playing. I think hockey was the or just skating on ice was like the first thing I did as like a little kid. How old were you? About two years old. Two years old. You started yeah. skating. Yeah, we had wow. a pond in our backyard uh, when I was living in Rhode Island. And um, yeah, my parents like bundled me up like a snowman and threw these like, they make skates for two year olds. They, they really do. Um, and yeah, threw me out there and you start out like on a, like an egg crate and you just push it along the ice and you're not really, you know, you're just falling. And yeah, yeah from there, I really liked, I just knew I liked sports, I think, you know, as I was always in the backyard, whatever, hitting a ball off of a tee, you know, they, I think I'm going to play t-ball, which I really enjoyed. And I think I played like flag football as a little kid. So growing up, just a bunch of different sports. And mm-hmm. my brother was a really big hockey player. Um, so I always watched him playing and I was like, man, I want to, I want to do that one day and, you know, play at a high level. And 
didn't end up working out. Like I just, I moved to North Carolina when I was a bit older and then, um, when did you move there? Were you in like middle school or? I was in third, second, second grade, halfway through second grade, I think. And my dad just got a new job Mm -hmm. and they were like, we're going to, uh, Waxhaw, North Carolina. All right. Like, all right, let's ride, you know? (laughs) So second grade, you were probably what, like eight or nine or something? Yeah. I think like just about to be eight years old. Okay. Yeah. So parents packed it up i think i was i was probably pretty sad at the time you know so I was just like, oh my gosh i don't even know if i could point where north carolina was on a map right and then, you know i was just like i don't even know where we're going you kind of just at that age you're just like oh you know but um you're kind of like you're kind of just like you know do they have fruity pebbles there exactly yeah just yeah. little things you're like whatever if i got a yard and they still have sports there like yeah they do okay we're okay. good you know cool. <laughs> you're back down you're fine so then yeah, and I just started playing like baseball and football again too, um, and then found out a little later that there was hockey there too. So I started playing hockey again. Cool. Fit up to middle school, it just got kind of boring. Like it was like you could you had to pay a ton of money to like be on this travel team. Mm. My parents were like, eh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Which, the opportunity which, wasn't as accessible. No. In North Carolina, like it was. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. In Rhode Island, there was probably like. 30 no maybe more hockey rinks like within a i don't know a 30 minute drive i mean you can be out of the state in 45 minutes so it's like that's basically the whole state yeah in north carolina there's one rink inside of an hour so it was like it just wasn't as you had like four teams and you're playing the same so it just got kind of like okay this is kind of sure then my buddy in middle school this is around middle school he was like have you ever played lacrosse and i was like no i no i never haven't and he was like it's kind of hockey on feet you know and i was like okay i kind of googled it you know i had never really seen lacrosse or like watch it and i was like oh yeah that is hockey kind of in the air you know not on the ice really right um so i was like i think i'm gonna try that um so my parents were like okay and they signed me up and then that's what i played all through like the end of middle school and high school and i stuck with that for a while cool. thought i wanted to play in college got recruited to play like division two uh lacrosse but uh, i know kid, people this is always a good thing uh, you know to learn from but like they always told me like hey you got to be a uh, student first and then an athlete and i was like yeah yeah, yeah whatever yeah. like i'll be fine to get like an athletic scholarship uh, i wasn't that good like i was i was good but i wasn't like all right here's a full ride to you know a school mm-hmm. and division two schools don't um there's not much funding for college lacrosse so not many of those are getting handed out so then i realized just how much school was and i was like uh-oh is this worth it to you know be over three hundred thousand dollars in debt to play a game and i probably won't go to class because i know myself but high school was i, I wasn't the best student you know academics and, wasn't the priority back then no no i was just waiting for the bell to ring i was like oh, when can i go practice or you know go to this so that was me and uh yeah so then i just found out you know looking back you do have to be a student first yeah. <laughs> if you want to play college sports student definitely comes first yeah but, uh Yes, this leads into how I guess I found triathlon. Um, you know, I was just kind of, after I got out of graduated high school, I didn't end up playing college across. I think I went to community college for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then same thing, I was a bad student, but I just, that was kind of the, the normal back then. It was just like, uh, this is 2014, so it's not too, too long ago, but it was like, all right, you get out of high school and you go to college. Mm-hmm. And um I just knew I didn't love college, but I was like, oh, this is kind of just what everyone does. I guess this is just my next step in life. 
um, and where I kind of go from here. So got like a part-time job working at a restaurant, was going to school, uh, and then just wasn't taking school seriously. Mm. I was just like not showing up and, you know, just not really doing the homework, not really paying attention when I was there. And then I was like, wait a second, I'm paying for school now. Like school's not free anymore. It's not high school. So I was maybe right now school is not, not for me at the moment. So I just started getting a, I got a restaurant job and worked in the restaurant industry and just did a bunch of things there. Um, and then this is when my dad started getting into doing Ironman. It's like he did it to, uh, he was, he was boxing at first. He became a boxer and then like did like amateur kind of, I guess, age group boxing, which I didn't even know existed. He was but... in the Golden Gloves, right? Yeah, he won the Golden Gloves. He took it super seriously. Yeah. Like trained, yeah, he was training, you know, after work at like nine o'clock at night to like 11 o'clock. He was he getting after it. Yeah, he's working 45, 50 hours a week and still, you know, driving to downtown Charlotte, like going to the gym, getting the work in, hitting the pads. So I think I was like, and he was big. He was trying to lose weight. He was like 200 and maybe 30 pounds. How tall is he? 5'8". Five, 5'8", eight. Five, eight, 230. Yeah, so pretty, really unhealthy. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that's big. Yeah. yeah, and then he was like, you know, I got to I gotta lose this weight. I got, I can't be unhealthy, you know? And um, he started working and then just fell in love with it. And he's one of those all-in or nothing guys. Cool. So... You know, he took it super seriously and then started, started getting fights, started amateur fights, and started entering tournaments. And he went undefeated. I think mean, he's, he's undefeated in wow. three tournaments. Yeah. Wow. So he was a good boxer. And then I don't know how he found Iron Man, maybe a video or something. But, and yeah, he started doing your local triathlons. I remember he called me and he's like, oh, I got this bike. You should come check it out. Feel how light it is. And I was like, huh. Like, I didn't even, I had no idea what it really was. And he was like, yeah, you swim, you bike, and then you run. But I still like, so yeah, yeah, whatever. That sounds kind of crazy though. Yeah. I'm training all this time and I was like, I'm good. Like, I don't want to do that. You know, that doesn't sound fun at all. And um, what were you doing at this time for like just working out and staying fit? Cause you've always kind of been a fit guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just like going to the gym, you know, your average gym bro workout, like, yeah. uh, you know, arms and legs. Doing some curls. <laughs> Do a little curls, you know. A couple uh, squats maybe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely squats, yeah. things like that. Um, but yeah, just going to the local gym, just lifting the gym, maybe run like a mile. Sure. You know what I mean? Like every yeah. now and then. I did always kind of enjoy running. I didn't love running, but I like I, I'd do it just because I knew it was. Uh, I don't know. I just I guess I hated it, but I also liked it at the same time. Yeah. You know, I think this is hard, but it's also fun. Um, so yeah, and then I and then he was like, "You should do it." <clears throat> That's- Excuse me. You should do you should do triathlon and I was like he's like you got the, the the body type for it he's like you're pretty lean you know and I was like oh, I don't know man that sounds pretty crazy like <laughs> I don't know and uh, yeah and then he said he was this is a couple years go by and I'm still like I'm good I'm good I'm just doing your average like working maybe going to the gym three times a week you know mm-hmm. I'm not out of shape but I'm not in shape you know I'm not you know in any type of triathlon shape or anything like that and he was like. Uh, you should come out and see Ironman Chattanooga in Tennessee. He's mm-hmm. like, you can drive with me. We'll go there. It's like, it's super fun. It's going to be a big event. I'm thinking like, how big can it be? How many people can you really get out to go swim, bike, and then run? So I have no, I've never seen an Ironman. I've and never did seen you, it. did you know what the distances were or? I knew his was long. Like he was like, this is a long one. And I was like, okay. Like I didn't know how really, how long it was going to be. Yeah. I don't know if he told me. Um, but he was like, it, it, it'll be a day. And I was like, okay, like I'm thinking, you know, max a couple hours. Yeah. 
four, maybe four hours or something. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking no one's going to be there. You know, I'm thinking we're going to go. It's going to be like some rinky-dink, like, you know, <laughs> type of thing. And uh, so we get there, and I'm like, wow, this town's kind of buzzing. Like, it's <laughs> like they're kind of like gearing up for something. And he's like, oh, wait till you see the, the race course. And I'm like, all right. And just, there's this feeling, like, within the town. Like, you could really feel it when you got there. And I think Chattanooga is like a small little town. It's beautiful too. Mm. You got the river right there. They have a like a cool little downtown area that's super fun. And you got the mountains in the background. Uh, so I was just like, wow, what a, what a cool little place. I've never even really knew what, where Chattanooga, Tennessee was. Um, so yeah, and then uh, we're getting probably closer to the day. And he's like, oh, we can go drop the bike off and do that. And I'm like, all right. And I see the setup and I was like, Oh wow, they're this they're like getting ready for probably like a lot of people to be here. And there yeah. was already a lot of people out because you know it's bike check-in day. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, and I'm just looking at it and I'm just like, oh, okay. And you can just you start to feel the competitive energy and like that kind of gave me a sense of like, oh, this is cool. This is like kind of what I've been been missing since playing like lacrosse in high school. Like there's that, you know, kind of get a little nervous. You don't know if you're nervous or you're excited, you're you're probably both. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, that that was super, super cool to see. Cool. So then you watched the Ironman Chattanooga and uh, you started to catch the bug a little bit. I did. I think as soon as I saw it, like I just, I rode there, or I walked there from the hotel because you had a hotel that was right near the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I start walking there and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people out here. Like I thought, yeah, there just wouldn't, wouldn't be this many people. And these people are running out of the water. You know, they look, they look pretty tired, you know, and I'm like, this is cool everyone's like super pretty in shape i get you know at, uh it's pretty early i think it was pretty early so some of the fast guys are coming out of the water and i was like oh wow this is cool these guys look you know like they're super focused and you know and then i'm like okay now what do i do and then i ended up seeing his buddy buddies at the race and they kind of showed me like how you spectate an iron man because that's another job in itself is is spectating a a day that you know is 12 plus hours right so, yeah i see everyone coming out and yeah i think that's when i got i was like oh this is cool and everyone yelling and ringing the cowbells and stuff right and yeah it was just it was so much fun um and we just went around town and uh yeah after after seeing that that whole performance and the finish line and everything i was like i think i want to do this like if there's one that's shorter because i was like this seems like a pretty intense distance like, <laughs> you know <laughs> um and then yeah i think that's when i was like after the race i think it was like right after the race i was like hey do you got an extra bike by any chance and it was like oh yeah i actually do do you want to try to like do one of these and i was like i think i do that was like that was so cool like everyone looked miserable but also having fun at the same time it's like the speed of endurance like how hard can you push your body uh you know i was like yeah i think i'm gonna do it so that's where it started Sweet. And then, so you're still living in North Carolina at this time, right? Yeah, still living in North Carolina, getting ready to move to Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, and then did you did you kind of start training for triathlon once you moved to Salt Lake? or? I just started, like, you're just regular. I think as soon as I, as soon as I got back from that race, I, he was like, all right, well, here's the bike. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And kind of like, you know, just move the seat, whatever. And he was like, set it up on, uh, on Zwift. And, um, and I was like, okay. And he's like, and you just pedal. And I was like, and that's all you do. He's like, you just stand here, you watch the little guy and you pedal. So I think I did like an hour ride or whatever. And I thought it was so hard. I think I was pushing like a 
120 watts maybe. Nice. And I was like, I'm getting tired. Yeah. This is hard. Like, how long do I have to do this for? Like, because I was not in any type of aerobic shape. Right. So I was all, all gym bro workout. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and that's and then I just started doing like little easy things, you know, maybe training like five hours a week yeah. just to start, like an hour a day, you know, and taking a couple of days off, and yeah, I just started to kind of, yeah, kind of like it. Cool. And then, can you remember? Dude, I remember my first race. I was such a noob. <laughs> do you? Re- <laughs> I will have There's to tell that. Great story from the first one. Yeah. Do you remember your first race? Oh yeah, for sure. It was in Utah, so I, I had moved to Salt Lake City and started training a little more. Okay. Um, you know, maybe like getting up to like 10 hours a week and, and did still you, a job too. Did you have a coach or did you just kind of just do your own thing or? It was my dad. I think he was putting in, you know, workouts and training fees. I got a little subscription and uh, yeah, he was just putting them in for me. And they were just basic stuff, you know, just like. I don't even remember. Just super, super. Go basic. out and run forty Ooh, minutes. Go ride yeah. ninety minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Probably not much structure. Maybe a little bit, you know, leading into it. But uh, yeah, I remember the first one. I was super nervous, for sure. It was uh, Daybreak Triathlon. So it's in this little neighborhood in, in Utah, and they have this like, I think they call it a lake, but it's it's a pond. It's it's a neighborhood pond. Got it. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is hilarious. But uh, so I, I rent a wetsuit. I had to rent a wetsuit because I, I didn't have one yet. So I, I went to the store. I got the wetsuit. And um, I get to the swim start, and I'm like, okay, now i got to put this on. So I start to put it on, and I'm wondering why the outside of my wetsuit is like a different color than everyone else's. Mm-hmm. It, and it's a blue 70 wetsuit, so the insides of this one was, was orange. It was like orange and blue. Mm-hmm. and. I'm standing there. I look like a traffic cone, and I'm getting ready to jump in the water, and or just for the for the swim warm up. And I'm standing there, and I'm kind of like, all right, and this is what I do. I got to swim over there. Like, okay. Uh, and this guy's super nice. It was so funny. He walks up to me, and he's like, uh, "Hey, man." And I'm like, "What's up?" He's like, uh, "This is your first one?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, he's he's not talking very loudly, so he's he's pretty close to me, and he's like, "I just wanted to uh, let you know your uh your wetsuit's on inside out." And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm like, of course it is. Cool. Like, so now I'm trying to be like, you know, kind of slick about it. And like take cool guy. My, <laughs> take my uh, inside out wetsuit on and put it on right side out. This shows you my, you know, my swimming background of <laughs> how confident I was with the, with the swim. I would never put a wetsuit on. Should have probably did this before the race. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I had the start of the race. I had the wetsuit on inside out. Yep. Um, so yeah, put had to stand there at the swim start, flipping my wetsuit right side in. Oh man! Um, <laughs> and that's how the day started. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. get the mistakes out early, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah, you have the bad one early before the race even starts. I guess looking back, that is a that's that's a good call. So. And then uh, any other. <laughs> <laughs> Any other memorable moments from <laughs> race number one? I, I think I was like, well, it's it's got to be pretty uphill from here. Um, you know, right. I don't know how it could get much worse. I guess it could. It was just a sprint distance race. Mm. Um, yeah, I did the swim. I remember I thought 800 yards was, was at the time. I was like, this is so long. And I think it was because the time it, it took me to swim the 800 yards, you know, I was probably like two minutes per hundred minutes yeah. around there. Yeah. 
but uh, I just remember it being pretty fun, like even though I thought it was pretty hard and I was like, man, this is far. Like how do you even see where you're supposed to go? <laughs> I probably swam in a zigzag, you know. Yeah. I wish I had like the file to look back on that. Um, but yeah, and then got out and then I was su- I was pretty comfortable on, on the bike and run uh, at that time. So I was like, all right, well, the, the hard part's out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it should be pretty fun. And yeah, the bike was went well and it was super fun. And I, I, I think I did, I did decent. I don't even remember... The run, getting off the bike, I was like, "Wow, this is a interesting feeling," you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but nothing, nothing crazier. You know, Did you? <laughs> I know from my first race, my uh, my kit, so to speak. I'm doing air quotes. So this is just audio. Um, was certainly amateur for me. My first kit when I oh, raced was uh, bike shorts, so I had a wet diaper. And then I took a cotton t-shirt and cut a really big V-neck into it because I was like, oh, I know I got to get this shirt on. Yeah. I don't want it to be difficult to get on. So I cut a gigantic V-neck into a cotton t-shirt and then cut the sleeves off. So I had this wind sail for me <laughs> on my first one with the numbers, you know, safety pinned on, you know, and I, Yeah. Did you have a what was your get up for the uh, for your first one? My get up. <laughs> that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's a good call though. Like thinking about like oh I got to get this on quick so I'm going to cut a deep, a deep V. Deep you know? V, that's right. <laughs> uh, I just had an obnoxiously like loud I think like tri suit like it was one of those like wadi ink ones oh. that were, like, at the time what I thought was like was super cool. Okay. Um now I think I'm a little more for the solid colors. Yeah. Uh, but at the, yeah, it was, I think it was like red, white, and blue and had these like skulls on it. Sweet. Yeah. So it, it was, was cool guy. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, an hour ago I looked like a traffic cone. So. Did you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you got, did you had your, uh, have your flat brim hat on after the race or doing the run even maybe? I think I went backwards hat. Backwards hat. I like that. That's a good, yeah. that's a good way to keep the. The hair out of your eyes, the sweat out, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Backwards hat, that was pretty normal. Then other than that, yeah, no socks. Um, that's so. good. No socks. There you go. Yeah, no socks. That's yeah. pro pro. Yeah, that's I. Uh, you know, make sure I, I YouTube one of these things before I went to, it. and I was like, oh, they don't wear socks. Okay, all right, we're going no socks. Nice. Yeah, good deal. I think when I first started, it was YouTube's like second year ever. So I okay. don't, I don't know how much try. Triathlon was on the YouTube back Probably then. Probably not much. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think Cat yeah. Videos was making its debut back then. Cat Videos were cool. Yeah, 2007? Yeah. yeah. A little while ago. <laughs> 2007, that's when you start? Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure I started triathlon before some of the kids on our team were born. Were born? Oh, definitely, right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think our oldest kid right now is, yeah, 14, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I started in 20... 18 was my first race. Nice. There was some information out. Plenty of information. So then you got good fast because then we met in 2019 and you won overall. Yeah. Yeah. I think I found out that I was like, because I finished, I don't know, maybe like 14th overall at this local one. So I was like, this isn't bad. I was like, okay, I can bike and run. If I can just figure out kind of the swimming part, you know, Mm. I think I could, uh, I could breathe pretty good. But after doing it, I was like, I was in love with it. Like, I was like, this is so much fun. I love the buzz, like around the race. I just love to have everyone kind of hung out after and just like talked about how it went, how if it went bad, if it went good. And 
I think that's the really cool thing about about triathlon is that like you all share this common like um yeah just thing that you're going after whether you're taking it seriously or you're not you know it's there's still takeaways from i think both sides mm-hmm. on like what you you guys share together in the race you know and there's always funny little things that happen that lead up into the race uh you know that's always always fun to, to chat about with people the journey yeah, but but yeah then i got, and then i was just like i think there, there was like this triathlon training squad in, in utah that i had joined and they had some people that were taking it pretty seriously and that were like trying to qualify for their pro card. And I was like, maybe I could do that. Like maybe I could go and, and really take this seriously and, you know, train a little harder and, or just a little more and maybe even smarter. Uh, and then kind of see where it takes me. I just kept doing local races and, um, yeah, just having a blast. The main thing I was just trying to have fun, you know? Cool. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up winning, winning a, a local race. That was like my first like overall win. I think I had, I don't even think I had won my age group before. I think that was my first one. And I was like, damn, that was awesome. Like that felt so good. It was kind of daunting though, being in the front. Sure. Um, yeah. Cause I had a really good swim that day. I think I, I let out the water and then, yeah, I let on the bike and then on the run as well. So the whole day I, I just had a great day. It was just, and that's the thing you find out from these events is like, they're so day to day specific. Yeah. Like you can do all this training and I'm sure you've had like things like that. Like you have a great lead up. You're like, I'm so ready. But then it's like when you wake up in the morning, it, it just depends on that day. Yeah. You know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, it like, and I've actually, for me, I think some of the biggest ones is where you surprise yourself, you know, where maybe you're tired or maybe, you know, you're like, I, I haven't had the quote unquote perfect lead up to this race but I think one thing I learned early on you know in in my kind of career of trying to do triathlon was don't take it too too serious especially if it's just going to be like a little local race I mean yeah you you have some sunk costs you spent some money you had to go to bed early the night before you got up early that kind of thing but Honestly, that like for me on those days where it's like I don't know how this is gonna go. I'm not feeling like I don't feel ready. I just try to have fun and I just start trying to like get loose, joke around, kind of not necessarily goof off, but just be a little more silly during my warm up. You know, just be a little more. And like I've found, and I, I did that one time where I was like, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna have the greatest day today, so I'm just gonna have some fun out there. And then I ended up having like a really great day. I think I, you know, got on the podium in my age group. I probably went, you know, top 10 or top five overall in like a boulder race, which, you know, it basically is a professional race. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, so I just found, you know, there certainly is a time and place to be serious and a time and place to have focus. And, you know, like we spend a lot of time and energy and we make sacrifices for the sport. So it makes sense that in certain times, like we feel very, you know, I guess passionate about what the result will be. And we have, you know, we have a lot invested, you know, we care a lot about it, but uh, sometimes that can be crushing too. And I think we've both gone through times where we care so much that it almost cripples us a little bit. And oh, for sure. Gets in our yeah. way actually of performing. I totally agree. Yeah, that's that's something I've definitely struggled with, especially when I've got to the point like where kind of where where I am now, of like where um, I'm getting close to to where I 
I want to be like fitness wise and even where I'm at and finishing in races. But I think it's, it's so funny because you see it's all the time. And I, I did this too. So I would take it so seriously. And I was like, you know, this is a serious sport, you know, and you have all these type A personalities around you. And this was the major <coughs> difference, I think, from me switching from team sports to uh, individual sports because I never did an individual sport and the like the psychology I think around it is is so different because this team sport you have this camaraderie you have all your friends usually you know you're good friends with the people on your team you know you guys hang out after you know you guys are always at practice together you're always laughing you're always joking you know trying to probably you know just like say little funny jokes on the side and not get caught by the coach so you have to run a lap so I think it was in team sports you know it's this more light-hearted like we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. You got to rely on each other because it's it's you need the other. You can't win a game in a team sport with one person. Right. You need all the working parts together. But I think when switching to single sports, I noticed everyone was kind of a little more like in their own lane. Like mm-hmm. even if you have a training squad, you know, like it was still this like I'm competing against you kind of feeling. And at first I was like, okay, like this is just how it is. I got to beat the person next to me. But I also like am cordial with them. But yeah, you you said it like like earlier when you were talking about just just taking it too seriously and just forgetting that hey you're you're in this to have fun like you do this because you enjoy it right you know don't ruin it with being being so serious and taking everything so literal and if one little thing goes wrong it like it throws off your your whole race or you know it, or things like that like these events there's so much that go wrong I think and there's always something that's gonna be wrong. I used to think that like you have to make everything perfect in the lead up and then you'll have a good race. Mm-hmm. That's so far from the truth. So far. You, I you're going to you just... drive yourself crazy if you're trying to control yeah. every little thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you're not focused on the actual task of what you have to do because you're so in the past or in the future. Mm-hmm. You're not in the present at yeah. all. And this sport, I think if you can be, like you were saying, a little more lighthearted, a little more like – it's okay to wave to the person next to you in transition or give them a like, Hey, how you doing? You don't have to like have your headphones in staring at everything, you know, super stoic or whatever. Like it's okay to loosen up. Like everyone's nervous, man. You know, like we're all have that kind of feeling in our stomach. Like before, you know, you go to the start, you're like, okay, all right, this is it. Like instead of turning that into like into stress and like thinking about like, Oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Why don't you? Yeah. It's, you know, think about it. Make a joke about it. Yeah. Yeah. Make a joke about it. Exactly. Yeah. Or, well, I'm excited, you know, because nervous and excited have that similar, like, yeah. similar feeling. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, it can go two ways. You can go, like, I'm super nervous, or you can go, like, I'm excited. I can't wait to do this. You know? Right. And it's, it's similar to the same feeling. But yeah, I think going at now, going at it with, ever since I did a race with you, I was like, uh, damn, he kind of doesn't take himself that seriously. And I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be that guy who was like, uh, who just takes himself so seriously. So I was like, maybe I should be a little like, you know, it's okay if something kind of goes wrong. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Honestly, man, you helped me a lot with that. Of like, even the type of music that I listen to. I remember we, we were in the car and I played something. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, we're getting ready to go in the octagon. Headbanging <laughs> type music, and then you're like, all right, I'll play a song. So like, okay, and it was like Bob Marley, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, be happy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that, that helps a lot. And I think, um, and you, you just have so much more fun because then when things do go wrong, it, you can get past it quicker because things are, you know, whatever it is, they're not going to have your name at the transition tent. You know, when you go to sign up, like that's happened to me before and you could sit there and panic 
and freak out and be like, they didn't do their job or they didn't do this or that. We can just be like, it's okay. I'm here to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'll get the race. Regardless, you know, I'll go off the time off my watch if I need to. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's okay. Like, there's things that are going to happen within the day, even the lead up, that you just got to gotta roll with the punches. Yeah. What would you say, how, how have you helped grow that a little bit? You know, how have you, how have you transitioned from, because, you know, I, I know you, we've been friends for a while now, and, like, I know how important um, this journey is to you, you know, and, like, I think similarly, you know, and I've had a lot of different twists and turns in my path, but I think similarly, we both, I don't know if this is an accurate way, but maybe it's, it's the way I would describe me is, you know, there's a little bit of chip on my shoulder of, like, I'm going to prove something. I'm going to show how fast I can go. And, you know, and how do we, you know, how do you trans transform that from more of a, I don't know, just this like kind of mentality of like, I'm going to prove them and I'll, I'll, I'll be so focused, da, 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 which we, you need, right? Like yeah. you can't just have a, you know, and for you, you're training, you know, 20 plus hours a week, you know, for, you know, for some of the kids on my team, just having a Friday night practice is like, well, I have sleepover on Friday. And for kids, it's a lot different. You know what I mean? But there's yeah. those days for everyone where whatever it is, homework or, you know, just being tired from life and you still, you know, how do you hold the balance of, I got not necessarily I have a job to do, but I have this commitment that I'm committed to. Yeah. While also not being like so crazy stoic and still having like, you know, enjoy it, it, it's a bet and it kind of, you know, it's, it's on a spectrum, I guess, maybe every day of like where, where you are. Right. And how you, yeah. like, how do you deal with maybe what I'm asking is the roller coaster of emotions that it takes to be an athlete. Right. And one sure. thing, you know, we are seeing a lot in the news right now is more awareness around you know the mental health side of things with athletes and how much pressure they're feeling whether it's being put on them by coach parent sponsors school whatever or just themselves you know where you're looking at it and you're just feeling this thing of like i've got to do this you know whatever it is x y or z you have to perform at this level a lot of times I think for people to feel that sense of self-worth. And so how do you wrestle and deal with the commitment side of things, the pressure side of things, still making sure it is enjoyable? What, what are some things you have done to kind of work with that and grow that? Yeah, no, great question. Cause I think that's, that's something that I, I, I work on every day because I, I do have that kind of side of me. That's very, I have a chip in my shoulder kind of like I get in my own head a lot and I think that's something I struggle with is that like I make it seem like not everyone's out to get me but like um the, yeah I have this thing to prove like I kind of make it up in my own head and, I, and I've realized that that like um yeah I put all this kind of external pressure it's really not on me at all um but just just building it up in my own head whether I'm training or I'm this or I'm that like oh, I'm gonna prove to this guy I'm gonna beat this guy and and it's it's more in a negative way, and I think that's when I get um, a little more like the blinders are on. Like I kind of forget about the other things going on in my life, and I get into this like training mode of like 
we're focused, we're doing this, we're that. And that's great. I think you, you need that in this sport. If, if you're trying to be very competitive, you do need this, like, I'm very self-motivated, I'm dedicated, but too far on that side can really send you into a, a pretty, a pretty bad spiral. And then I just don't think it's the most sustainable, like it could work for some people because everyone's so different, Mm -hmm. but for me, it's definitely not sustainable. And this is something I realized and I think having a partner, like my girlfriend Tatum is great because she's a little bit of the other side of me. Like I'm kind of the super, not that she's not self-motivated. She is, you know, she's a a professional ballet dancer, you know, she's a great self, but she's more of the, I don't take it so seriously kind of side, you Mm -hmm. know, and has that other perspective where sometimes I, I, like I was saying, I get in this mode of like, I'm not really thinking about anything else. All I'm thinking about is like swimming, biking and running this day. And then, yeah, I kind of get a little like moody. I get like kind of angry. I get more irritable. I get little things. It's just like something little goes wrong. Like I kind of, my reactions become bigger towards it. Mm-hmm. And then I think if you continue to go, like you have this mental space and you throughout the, the week, you realize how draining it is. Mm-hmm. And like, wow, this has been just like, I haven't even like, you know, looked up and took a second to like take a breath or like enjoy where I'm at at the moment because I'm so focused on getting to this goal or this point of where I want to be because I put all this pressure on myself that, you know, I just have this tunnel vision. But uh, I think reading, like taking the time to in the mornings to develop a routine. Mm. This routine is more sort of like a meditative, calm routine that works for you whatever that is for me, I've found that like just journaling in the morning really helps. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just when I wake up, I'm having coffee, like I can sit at the table or go outside on the porch and just like write down my thoughts. And I, I have no structure at first. I tried to structure it out and make it really structured, but I think if you don't and you make it more, sometimes I struggle with like creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a good like thing to do in the morning for me of like, Hey, just, there's no rule. Like, it's just like, however you're feeling, write down how you're feeling. If it's good, if it's bad, if you're happy, if you're sad, you know, why you're sad, maybe write something that's motivational, maybe something that's not. And just getting some of the thoughts that are in my head in the morning out on paper really sets me up to have, I think a better day. And then I also don't get so stuck in my, my ways of being like in this tunnel vision sometimes. Um, So that's really helped. And then also just reading a lot about it. Like there's so much information now, I think, studies that they've done on just the psychology of, of, of somebody, you know, who's, who's trying to really do anything of just like what's going kind of going on in your head. Um, and learning about that, uh, and meditation that that's probably been the number that and journaling have been the number one thing of like taking that time, uh, five, 10 minutes, you know, for each of them in the morning and setting it aside and just and really being dedicated to it and, and doing it. Um, because if you can clear some of that chatter that's going on in your head, which for me, I realized how much was going on in my head and it's just, you're the one creating it because sometimes when you don't have stuff going on in, in your, in your mind, you kind of start to freak out. Like, you're like, why am I not thinking about something? Why am I not telling myself something? Why am I not, or at least this happens for me. Why am I not like, there's nothing going on, but it's okay for it to be not blank, but just to like enjoy where you're at right Mm -hmm. now in this moment. Like, follow your breath. You have no stress in life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing's really going wrong. Like it's all, it's all great. Mm-hmm. And I think starting my day in that kind of like, whew, okay, 
it's all right. Like, even if I have a busy day, even if I know I got to fit this in and then hurry up and do this, if you can go at it from just a calmer state, mm-hmm. I think that really helps when you kind of start to get into that tunnel vision because then you can go back to what you're doing in that meditation of like, okay, breathe in through your nose, follow your breath, take a breath, you know, it's all good. That has been something that that helps me a lot with, um, yeah, with with those roller coasters because it's constant. You know, when you're you're training for something, whether it's if you're taking super seriously or not, you're gonna go through those ups and downs, especially with with triathlon. It's just this the journey is a constant roller coaster, but appreciating the like the the downs as well. Like, don't always look at them in self pity. And I think like like you were saying earlier, like learn to laugh at them you know, mm-hmm. it really helps the highs because there's big highs in sports and there's also really big lows, mm-hmm. but uh, learning how to, how to manage the two of them really helps you. I think, um, yeah, just continue progressing to the sport. I like that, man. I think that is really good advice. I do something similar. You know, I have, uh, that time in the morning with, with breakfast, you know, yeah, just coffee, breakfast and you know, for me right now, um, right now I'm a, a you know computer science student, so I've got class every day at eight thirty a.m. and then I coach you know the children's <laughs> after yeah. after class you know so that I've got a window of when I can get a session in. Sure. And so you know I get up in the morning, I have you know some breakfast, and you know you need a little bit of time to let that you know digest anyways, and and allow your muscles to take in that glucose. Um, so that's what I did too. I, I similarly was like, yeah, I'm going to get up, have some breakfast, have a coffee and then, yeah, spend a little, and it doesn't have to be much, you know, for me, I spend, you know, five or 10 minutes reading something that I find nourishing, you know, and then, um, I'll usually, yeah, do a little bit of journal afterwards, but I like that idea too, of also incorporating the meditation. Cause I think, you know, writing, it's so good because it does kind of one, it gives you a temperature temperature check of like what is going on in your brain. You know, uh-huh. are you motivated? Are you tired? Are you, you know, feeling stressed? Are you just feeling great? You know, are you, yeah, what, what's going on? And like writing it out, I think kind of, it's a self-reflective act, right? You know, you, you get to see, oh, this is, you know, kind of the story that I'm, I'm, you know, seeing the world through the lens, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, I got, I think um, the one part of my maybe morning triangle that's missing, the one leg would be more of that, that clear state, you know, like you said. And meditation, you know, there's so many people, oh, what should I do? Do I need an app? Do I need a program? Do I need a guide? And I think like I, what I really like, what I'm hearing from you is you just need a couple of minutes just to breathe and just be still. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where some people go, not go wrong, but sometimes with the apps and all that, like you think that, and this happened to me, like I thought in order to meditate, I needed someone else to talk to me and tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good when you first start out. Cause if you just told like a person who has no idea what meditation or really what it is, just like, Oh, meditate. They would be like, okay. So just sit here, you know? And then it's, so it's not the same. So like starting out, I think, I think it's great to like, do those guided meditations and I I mean I still do them now but also learning how to do it on your own I think is a big a big help like just sitting there 
and I think you suggested to me too, you were like, oh, I use like these bells that ring every like minute or so Mm -hmm. or every couple minutes just to like bring you back to the present moment whenever the bell rings. And I I did that for a while. And then it really learns because then you can apply it like while you're doing something, Mm -hmm. whether it's uh, like in life, whether you're at work, you know, and it's like you're at your computer. It's like, you know, you got a couple minutes, you know what I mean? Just stop, take a break. You don't have to like put your headphones in and turn something on and have someone tell you to do. But then now you have this like wherewithal, like, okay, just for two minutes or whatever, I can just sit here, breathe in, breathe out, and just let the stress of the day kind of release. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also good to kind of find it on, on your own as well. I like that. Yeah, having a little bit of, yeah, especially for beginners, there's so many... There's so many good resources out there. You know, I think Headspace has been a really popular app for a lot of people. And That's a great one, yeah. I think they do a great job. Um, what's There's another app out there called, like, what is it called, like, Mindfulness or something? There's one called Calm. Calm. I mean, that one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all great. Like, none of them are, are bad, honestly. It's you just... could even go on YouTube, you know, five-minute beginner meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's so much. Yeah, just start, really. And then just like sports, you know, realize like it doesn't have to be quote unquote perfect. No. Just do it. You just got to do it. Just do it and just be aware and accept that it's going to be a journey. Yeah. And don't get frustrated that like you think you're bad at it at first. Everyone's terrible at it at first. Oh, yeah. Monkey mind just. What's going on? Yeah. So like that happens to everyone because I think some people get like I've t- like I've had conversations with people about it and they're like yeah I can't meditate and I was like oh why like well I just I can't focus for that long and it's like, there's just I can't have a blank mind it's like well no one really does you know and there's oh even if you're good at it there's always stuff running through your mind you just get better at navigating like okay I can let that pass I don't have to react to that thought you or know? like yeah engage with it right yeah, yeah. you just let yeah, exactly. it move on by and, and it's okay yeah you know. Yeah. yeah. And then not judging yourself for having that thought. That's sometimes what people, you know, they get, they're like, oh, I had that thought. Like, I shouldn't. I'm meditating. And it's like, no, the meditating is you noticing that you had that thought. You know what I mean? And right. letting it pass. It's okay that you did. You know, because some people I think get a little, a little angry if it's not like perfect. So for us, type A type triathletes, it's a really great practice. Yeah, and you, <laughs> if you've ever been to an Ironman event, you realize you're like, a lot of these people can use meditation. Yeah, <laughs> it might help them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just being okay with with the moment is huge. Yeah, it's huge. Um, talk to me a little bit about coaching. You know, you've. Uh, kind of started out with your dad writing some you know go out and splash around for 30 minutes go you know shuffle your feet you know on the pavement for a couple minutes and then you've had then you got to utah you joined a training squad and you've kind of had a journey as you know a lot of us you know adult age groupers some of us do with who especially have lofty goals whether it's you know, qualifying for age group nationals or qualifying for a world championship event, you know, like Ironman Worlds or half Ironman Worlds, you know, like it, you know, it takes um, a lot of times it takes guidance, right? We need to kind of learn from someone who knows a little bit more so we can figure out how to improve. What's been your process with that? And is there anything, yeah, you wish you could have like, 
What would you tell your younger self, maybe, now that you've, you're here? That's a good question. Um, what would I tell my younger self? Yeah, because I've, I've had, I guess, through only being in the sport for, for four years, I, I've had a decent amount of coaches. Um, and I think it's because I've been in these, like, squad environments. Um, because when you start, or when I started, I, I thought I, I wanted to do, like, draft legal racing. Like, I thought I wanted to race in, in World Cups and, and do that circuit and, and travel around and... Uh, the whole notion is like, okay, if you're doing that, you probably need to be with a squad. You need to be with people, like training with them every day. So I was like, okay, I, I can do that. Because I lived in states that triathlons were, were pretty popular. So in Utah, they had a group, uh, and, and I trained with them. And uh, it just wasn't – the coaches were, were, were great. You know, I don't, I don't blame the coaches at all. But the environment was just not for me. And at first, I kind of was like, uh-oh, like, I don't know. I'm just not really having fun with it, like – what time, what was it about the environment that like it was like it was just this like coming from team sports i guess i it was so like everyone's together and this one was this weird like it was also really odd it felt like high school because they would like they would text you like if you're invited to the workout um it was very strange and then like you kind of had to get like good enough it's like i get it i get what they were doing but it just felt like this it was this weird energy sort of around it that like um you felt like you kind of made it if you if you got the text message so it was kind of clicky it was very clicky yeah and i guess i'm not maybe that's why i didn't do great in high school because i'm not a clicky person i'm kind of like friends with everyone kind of guy yeah, yeah and uh yeah it, it became very clicky and i was like oh, i guess this is how it is you know and then uh i was at a point where I, I was i was good enough to train with with the kids who were you know trying to be professionals as well um but yeah it, it just felt like something was off you know, mm. like it was just like, huh. Then it was a little bit discouraging because there was a huge gap from where these kids were and where I was. Like I could kind of keep up mostly on the bike and the run, uh, you know, to a point. And then but in the swim, I was just getting annihilated. Yeah. Like, you know, I was I was a not a good swimmer at the time. And uh, yeah, so I think just, just realizing that not every um, environment is is for you it is okay like it's fine if it doesn't end up working out mm -hmm. you know and then because i had you know coaches within that and then i moved states again and then kind of joined another like coaching group kind of squad and then sort of the same thing kind of happened and i was like hmm, this is weird this is twice you know that i did this uh you know and they were just kind of your your average local you also do meet great people in them so there's sure. takeaways from both things you know i met some awesome people that i still talk to today and i i still see at races like i saw some friends from utah at santa cruz uh and one of the kids was a pro and he actually had a great race but it was just so cool to like catch up again so there's huge positives in, in joining this group environment but i think it can also go the other way as well on the spectrum of like you know yeah of it just not not being not being your scene you know, and that, then yeah. that's fine. So, sure. but then what I found out what really, so I did that and then I joined like another triathlon squad where they were like traveling around the world and in these training camp environments. And I, and I'd go for a couple of weeks and I think that's where I really learned like what it took to be a professional is when I saw like, cause I was in this kind of age group sort of like there's some kids who are trying to be professionals training squads. And then I joined this like, we're all professionals and I'm the only age grouper mm -hmm. in this squad. So then again, I also felt like, oh, 
you know, this is kind of the out, you're kind of the outsider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, this is me. They, it wasn't the people. This they were super nice. You know, this is me putting this pressure on myself. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to, I need to get there. That's where I want to be. But it was also awesome and eye opening because I saw what it took, and I was like, okay, these are what the kids are doing to get there. This is what I need to do. This is where I need to be. Here's the benchmark. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. is what it is. But it was kind of sort of the same similar thing. Like, um, it just it wasn't the greatest fit. You know, coaching was great. It, it was fun to be in, in an environment like that. But also when you have so many personalities um, together in a one house, you know, you have, everyone's living together. Like we're sleeping in bunk beds, you know, where yeah. none of us live here. Like we're in Arizona or we're in Florida or whatever. And, you know, it, it gets hard to manage because athletes have big egos. We all do, you know, and you kind of need one. Uh, so it just it becomes a lot when you're around each other. 24 seven you're training together three times a day mm-hmm. and you all are you're not you're not working because you know either you took time off or you know you're it's well off enough training you don't need to camp. Work. Yeah. yeah yeah you're at a training camp yeah no one's really doing it. so you know it's like this like how much do i balance like talking to everyone in the living room to like having my own time to like doing this and getting ready for sessions and doing what i need to do mm-hmm. and so it becomes it becomes tough but i think just finding so this is kind of a really long-winded answer, but mm-hmm. just finding a um, whatever works best for you, you know, mm-hmm. is is the key. And uh, I found that out with actually kind of coaching. I'm at the point now where like I've, which is really good that I I've been in all these training environments and had all these different coaches that I can take all this information. It's all been a little different, something similar, and I can use what works best for me. Mm-hmm. from all these things because they all had things that I thought were really, really worked and also some things that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, now having control, and I think it took a lot of uh, confidence in myself to be like, I'm going to control my own training now that I think I'm at a point where like I understand enough, I see what I need to do, you know, um, that now I kind of have like almost like someone I consult with Mm-hmm. To tell me that I'm on the right track, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty much coaching myself. Mm-hmm. So, and for me, I mean, I've so far I've had my best season. I've been probably the least stressed I've ever been. Um, and at first, it was nerve wracking. I was like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know if I'm. So at first, I was just coaching myself and like not really talking to anyone. And then I started being like, okay, I need somebody who knows more than me because I don't, I don't, I know enough, but not everything, not even close. Yeah. So. Yeah. And now you're working with uh, Dr. Dan, right? Dan Plews, yeah. So this is like, it's really cool. It's called Endure IQ. It's kind of this mix of like you coach yourself, but you're also like having guidance from a guy who has been doing it for an extremely long time at a very, very high level. And also I think another good thing to add on coaching because there's so many different sides of the spectrum of like coaches being very scientific, coaches being very uh, holistic, Coaches being very all about pace and power. Coaches being very all about feel. And there's some that are kind of in the middle of all that. Mm-hmm. And finding what works best for you is another key because that's something that all this, I've had four or five coaches um, and they've all been totally different mm-hmm. and like what they kind of, their main focus is on. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think a balanced approach of all of it, of like science, because I think the numbers in a sense, don't lie, but you also have to take it day by day and understand that like, there's some things that numbers can't track, you know, right. and then also, yeah, 
just like that holistic but also scientific approach for mm-hmm. me i think works uh works the best because i like to go by feel sometimes but then i also like to know all right what's my effort how fast am i going is this working are we progressing like is mm-hmm. it not working right. you know and that's where numbers can come into play of like okay we, we have measurables right sounds like you've kind of been able to create a more integrative approach with all of these. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the help of, you know, being able to talk to Dan, Dan Plews and the other coaches that they have that are, that are really good and super knowledgeable. And then also, but having control of myself, cause you're the one who kind of puts in the training plan, like the, the workouts are already created for you. Um, but you're the one who has to, to enter it in and understand like what you need to do. Um, during specific times of the year. Uh, and yeah, and I really enjoy that because that helps me learn like coaching other athletes too, because also being a triathlon coach, it's, I, I think for me, it's, it's super good to learn almost on myself and I'm like, Oh, okay, this kind of worked for me, but also noting that, you know, everyone's different, you know, that this might not work for everyone else, but it's a cool, like not trial and error, but, but kind of, you know, sure. like, okay, yeah, this worked or this didn't, you know, maybe not for me. That's been really awesome. Cool. What's um looking back over like your whole just life, I guess, you know, and like right now, you know, I think the audience of this podcast is probably gonna be parents who have kids who are doing youth triathlon. Yeah. Most of the kids on our team are, you know, ten years old, plus or minus like two or three years. You know, we have a couple middle schoolers on the team one high schooler actually Woo-hoo. um what you know what would you you know thinking about how your family raised you and just growing older now and having perspective on it all what kind of message would you give to parents who have kids in sports right now message i would give to parents um don't take it so seriously i had parents that um I'm super grateful for them and everything they did. They, they took me to every practice. They bought me every piece of gear I ever needed, you know? So it kind of like, it's tough to like tell them that, they, you know, I wish you kind of didn't do this, but then also, also looking back, you know, I think it would have helped, but I think, but also knowing that your parents really just want the best for you. Right. You know, they yeah. usually, usually generally do like, they just want you to be happy, to be having fun. But sometimes I think, especially in youth sports, the parents want it more than the kid does, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of see that with, you know, the dad on the sidelines, you know, yelling. And I know this because that was my dad. Like he was, <laughs> he was the one, either he was coaching me uh, or he was the one at the sidelines, like, you know, always trying to you know, kind of tell me what to do or in, in things like that. And it was always from a good place. And like looking back at it now being older, it's like, okay. But I remember as a kid, I was so embarrassed. He's very <laughs> loud. He's super, you know, he was a Marine, so he's not scared to be loud at all. So he was like, you know, yeah, get everyone fired up, everyone, blah, blah, blah. You know, this kind of rah-rah, like, mentality. And, um, you know, yeah, sometimes I think just letting the kid, like, have fun and enjoy it on his own. And, you know, if he's super dedicated about it and really likes it, that's awesome. But if he's not, that's also okay. Like, just because you did the sport, like as a kid, and I know you want your kid to be very good or, you know, or be good at it as well. Just like it may be different and just be okay with that. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you see kids getting burnt out because their parents are kind of pushing them so much to do this and, and, and do that. And they want to, you know, go over to Johnny's house to have the sleepover, yeah. you know, 
Yeah. Like, it's okay. Like, yeah. it's all right that he's not training in the backyard 24-7. Like, he's 12. Right. It's all good. Yeah. You know? Like, let him have fun. So I think looking back, you know, I think maybe just having a little less pressure and more emphasis on we're doing this to have fun mm-hmm. would be really good. But then I also think, you know, there is a takeaway of, like, of being serious and understanding, like, there is winning and there is losing. And winning is more fun. I, you know, or I you signed up for this. You're committed. Exactly. You're going to practice. You're committed. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 a tough slope where it's like you know, you got to understand as a kid, like yes, your parents paid money for you to do this. You know, you said you wanted to do this. Like you should be, you should give it your all. But if that's your all and you gave everything you had, you know, and that was everything, like that's all you can do. Right. You know, if you didn't love it, you didn't love it. Like I didn't like soccer. You know what I mean? But it's like. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was my, I was terrible at it, you know, but I'm glad that like my parents didn't like, you know, they're like, you have to be good at soccer. Like you're not good at the blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but yeah, sometimes just lay off. It's okay if your kid has a bad game. It's all right. Right. It bounce back. But yeah. Just be there for him. Let him know. I think that you're her, you know, let him know it's okay. Holding yeah. that balance between learning the life lessons of commitment to something and, you know, doing stuff when it's hard. Yeah. But also, you're a parent, right? And this little lion cub is still in the den. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to defend itself from hyenas, so you can still nurture this little lion cub. You've, yeah. You know, like, there's that balance. We got to get, you know, little Simba ready to, you know, go out into the big world, but... Exactly. Little Simba's still little Simba, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah they need some grooming, so... Yeah. yeah, let your kids try a bunch of sports. That was something I'm super grateful for that, that my parents did. Like just being a well-rounded athlete, I think that helps. And then that helps them understand like you can try different things in life too. Like you don't have to find this one thing and it, it needs to be it. Like it's, it's all right. You yeah. can try a million things. There's so much to do. Yeah. That's awesome. What, uh, what's one thing? So we've got all sorts of different kids on our team. We have kids that just love being out there and just doing it and being with the team and it's more of a social thing and that's awesome. We've got, you know, kids on the team that they're, if they're toeing the line, they're winning the race, you know, yeah. and we've got everything in between. Um, and we've, and the age groups too, you know, we've got some kids that are in younger elementary school. We've got kids that are in, you know, that, you know, third, fourth and fifth grade. We've got some, you know, a handful of middle schoolers. And like I said, now we have our first high school student. You know, what kind of messages might you give to maybe each one of those age groups, like the younger ones, the ones that are kind of in the middle, and the ones that are getting a little bit older? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a really good question. I would say for the younger kids, I would go back to the fun thing. I would go back to just making sure they're having fun, you know, Mm -hmm. they're enjoying it. Um, You know, they're learning those lessons of, like, I may not be the – they're learning those lessons of improvement – of like, if I do work at this, I can improve, but I can also improve while having a good time. And, and I think it's great for kids, you know, they can be, because I'm sure now, nowadays it's it's totally different growing up as a as a kid, but um, just being social, I think that's something that in this time, I think we've kind of got a little unsocial because of just what's happened in the world. Right. And uh, yeah, I think going back to just, you know, being being friendly, just joking around, like having a group of people around you. I've always enjoyed that, and uh, yeah, I would say if you're if you're a little kid or have little kids out there, you know, just 
make sure they're smiling, they're laughing, they're having fun, and yeah, that's for them. As for middle school, you know, as you get a little older, you can kind of start taking things a little more serious, you know, when you kind of find out, oh, maybe I really do like this, you know, or maybe I still don't even know. But even still then, I think just, yeah, using it again to, I think sports are such a great thing to learn so many different lessons in life, whether it's, it's you know, finding out uh, that, like, you didn't have a good race or a great practice and, you know, it's okay. You, you can bounce back from having a, a, a fall basically and, and you can get back up and then you can do better, you know, the next time. And you can't, it's life is not this, uh, just like upward progression. You know, it doesn't, it's just not smooth. It's not an arrow that points straight up, you know, mm-hmm. or at an angle. It's, it's the roller coaster like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. and just learning those lessons of the ups and downs and, you know, that these are going to go on throughout life. And I think that's when you kind of start to realize like, oh, everything's not like just great as it was as a kid. Like there's some things that can kind of go wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and then I start my getting upset. I might be getting upset about it. I'm like, why am I upset about this? Or, you know, things like that. So there, yeah, middle school, I think still the emphasis on fun. But if you are a dedicated athlete, you know, like I want to do this, you know, just learning how to go through those ups and downs and, and knowing that it's okay. And you can bounce back from losses and, Sometimes you win, you feel like you're on top of the world, and then you do terrible. And it's like, that's just, that's how it goes, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's just how it goes. And, and maybe, uh, maybe even learning that balance part too, right? Of uh, yeah, you know, how to still go to a sleepover, you know, and, and how to oh, still, yeah. especially yeah. if you really are into your sport and you're starting to get that bug of yeah. being like, oh, it's still important to, like, go to the movies or whatever kids are doing these things, you know? Yeah, I don't even know what a kid does, yeah. Yeah, going yeah. and mountain biking or camping or, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 Do it with your friends, you know? Have have the, have the that time where it's, it's not so, like, even with an individual sport, you do have to train on your own sometimes, but I think grabbing a group together, grabbing a buddy to go swim, you know? Like, hey, let's go do this together, you know? I, I always like training with people i think it's it's a fun time and um but yeah getting that um because then you can push each other you know mm-hmm. and um i think that that's always a good idea cool cool well any any closing thoughts eric any any other thing you want to share or uh, anything else i want to share um question oh maybe something i learned from my last race which is pretty interesting we didn't talk um, about that let's let's spend a couple handful of minutes yeah you so yeah. for the folks out there you just finished iron man 70.3 santa cruz yep you had an awesome lead up to it i've been kind of following you a little bit um not on social media because i don't do that but just by actually talking to you and saying hey you're my friend uh how's life going <laughs> you know like that old school I'm older, you know, so I do things a little more old school. I love it. Yeah, no, but no. yeah, so I've been kind of keeping track and just because we are pals and that's what you do is you talk to people, you know, one-on-one. And so I know, yeah, you've been having a good lead up. So tell us about 70.3 Santa Cruz. Yes, yeah, so this is my second um, 70.3 race that I've done. Uh, the last one I did, we did Oregon together and um, I didn't train specifically for it at all. I, I found out the week of that I could actually race the race. And I was like, oh, might as well go give it a shot. And I love racing. So after I did it, I was like, wow, this distance is, is super fun. And then I, I think I want to like train for this specifically, you know, I really want to do this. So got the TT bike, you know, sold the road bike, did that whole thing. And yeah, the lead up was great. I, uh, 
I had a great lead up. Um, I like the, the little different stimulus and training, you know, things were a little longer. Um, you know, you really had to work on your, you know, first aerobic threshold and not so much just, you know, all gas, no brakes, you know, it's, it's, it's a long event. You're out there for four plus hours, you know, and, uh, yeah, it takes in a different, a different, um, energy system that you're using mm-hmm. for that race. So leaning into it, I was, I was pretty confident that I could do pretty well. I think I set a goal. I think I want to go under like four twelve. Mm-hmm. I think was my, was my goal. But, um, yeah, leading into the race, I had my parents come out from Massachusetts. They flew out and it was my, the day of the race, it was my dad's birthday. So it was super cool because they've always supported me. So it was fun to, I only get to see them like once a year now because we're literally as far as you can get away from each other. So it was uh, it was nice to have them down, and they'd never been to San Francisco, and uh, we showed them around, and we went to Santa Cruz, which is just it, – it's got to be one of the coolest courses like on the 70.3 circuit. Like you're biking on the highway. It's Cabrillo Highway that uh, you could see the coast the whole way. It was just paved like last week. Like they did the whole road like for the bike section. So it's just like, it's rides like butter, you know, it's just so smooth. Um, and yeah, it was a super great course. Love it. Would suggest it to anyone out there. If you're looking for a fun race to go do 70.3 Santa Cruz. Um, yeah. What I really learned from that race is that, uh, there's, um, like you can get like, uh, kind of tired from just, the energy that you're around mm-hmm. so i'm trying to like show my parents a good time i haven't seen them in a while so i'm being super social i'm like you know just talking a lot more we're going here we're going there i didn't realize how like that kind of does weigh on you and does make you a little bit like tired when you're gearing up to you know you're about to push yourself pretty much as hard as you can especially if you're at a level where you're you're trying to race professionally and you know age group racing now is is getting faster and faster it's like you know, the, the guys who are going first are going under four hours and it's like, okay, that's a professional competing time. So you basically have to be at that level, you know, in order to qualify for your pro card. But yeah, you could argue the top, certainly the top five, if not the top 10 are, you know, these engineers or business owner types that do train 20 ish hours a week and are essentially, you know, at a junior professional level. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, which is like it kind of, you know, nerve wracking, but it, it's cool that the sport has, has, has kind of progressed to that where it's gotten at this really high level and uh, makes it super fun. But yeah, leading into the race, I think I got up and I was just like, it wasn't, I didn't feel amazing. Like sometimes you wake up and you're like, it's my day. You know, I woke up and I was like, huh, I feel kind of tired. Like mm. I was, wasn't excited, but I didn't have this like, I'm super excited to get out and go, you know, mm-hmm. to go there. I was kind of, I was a little nervous, you know, but I was trying to stay pretty level-headed, you know, just like, okay, just every other morning. Like, I've had this new thing where I try to don't treat it like race day, and I try to treat it more like it's just a long brick workout. Like, we're just getting ready. I eat the same thing that I do in training that I eat in the race day. I do nothing different. The same warm-up, you know, nothing crazy. Um, yeah, I got there, had a little jog um 10 minutes the jog felt like i was like huh i don't feel too sparkly like i feel kind of not run down but you know it's so i'm like okay all right i can still turn this around it's like, like a little still, dull maybe a little dull, dull not is a sharp great way to, that's a great way to describe it yep i was a dull pencil um 
<laughs> oh no yeah. so then uh yeah you're getting ready and it's a beach start and the pacific ocean is cold and i have this like thing that i don't like cold water you know um not that i don't like it i don't know i just yeah i don't like it so <laughs> i know the ocean's gonna be cold you know it's probably it's cloudy it's like 65 degrees out and uh get in a little warm-up swim for five minutes and i was like Ooh, this ocean's colder than it was yesterday but it is what it is, you know, get out, gun's about to go off, um, which is super cool. The beach starts, so fun. I got in the water and I start swimming and I'm just like, oh, I feel so heavy. Like, I don't feel great at all. Mm. So I started pretty early. Like, I was probably the, you go in groups of four. So they sent four, eight. So I was probably the, like, the 12th person that went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just getting blown by. You know, and I'm and I'm like, why? Like, I know I can swim these times, but I'm just not, not having the best day. So I'm swimming, and I'm like, okay, it's okay. Don't focus on that. Just get to the buoy, make the turn. So I'm swimming. I get out, and I didn't wear a watch to the swim, uh, so I don't really know how long it took me. So I think I, I saw my girlfriend and my parents, and they were like at the, the swim exit, and they're like, great swim. But for me, I'm thinking it took me more than 30 minutes to swim, which I'm like. For me, this is not what I was going for. Right. But in my head, I'm going like, dude, that took you about 30 minutes. I'm like, wow, this isn't good. So I'm running in the transition with like, all right, we're to the bike next. I know this is a strength of mine. Like, it's okay. Like, just forget about the swim. It is what it is. You're where you're at because you're where you're at. So mm-hmm. yeah, get on the bike and jump on, start riding. You kind of go through this little winding section on Sea Cliff Drive. And uh, it's kind of hilly. It's like up and down and uh super technical but um i feel great i'm like wow that swim i don't feel tired i'm not even breathing heavy like i feel like the swim took nothing out of me but i'm like baby it's because it took you 30 minutes you know so but i'm like all right whatever i'm riding along looking at the power i'm kind of over on my power for the mm-hmm. first start mm-hmm. and i'm like okay i shouldn't push this much so i back off a little bit in the first like 20 minutes i think um you know, I'm riding, I'm I'm riding like 10 to 15 watts over what I think I can do for the whole thing. Like my main, my main goal was just kind of to hold 25 miles an hour. Cause I was like, okay, what's that like 270 or for me, that's around like 260, 260. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, um, so yeah, I'm just like, all right, just two 25 miles an hour. That'll get you 215. Like that's a pretty solid time, but I really didn't know if I could do it. Uh, cause in training I was like, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get there. I was doing rides and I was, I was under by eight Watts. I was under by 10 Watts. And I was like, maybe I just, I don't have that in me yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I felt great. Like I'm going for the first 40 minutes. I think I averaged like 275. Wow. That's um, good. Yeah. And I caught one of my friends who I know is a super fast swimmer. I caught him around the 40 minute mark. So I passed him. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm having a pretty damn good day. So I'm like, I'm close to the turnaround. And I've rode the bike course a bunch of times because I, I live out here. So I'm like, I'm riding, I'm moving here. You know, we're moving through the field. And um, yeah, so I pass him and I'm like, okay. And I start to catch the pro women. So I'm like, okay, things are going good. Like mm-hmm. you're having a good race, Eric. Like regardless of how the swim went, you know, I'm trying to stay positive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just riding. Uh, everything feels smooth. I'm not even really breathing out of my mouth that much. It's like I'm kind of nasal breathing. I take a couple of deep breaths, you know, on the hills. It's pretty long, but I'm trying to stay calm, stay as arrow as I can, and just know that like that is going to get me the fastest time. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, I think I hit the turnaround at like 107, okay. 106, maybe just a little earlier. Uh, and then I was like, okay, all right, this is going well. So I was like, let's see how we do in the next hour. Cause it's, you know, for to bike something for one hour is one thing when you still got an hour to go back, you know, it's, it's something else comes into play. So I'm taking on nutrition, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm doing that pretty well. And, um, and then, yeah, I get off the bike and I realized I rode 215. So I was like, whew, that was a good ride. Like, yeah. okay, we're in, we're in, maybe we're in contention here. So get off the bike, throw on the shoes. And this is a lesson to learn, one for myself, but even for anyone out there, like your feet swell when you're doing an Ironman <laughs> or a 70.3 or any race, you know, especially if it's longer, they swell more. So when you tie your shoes and you have elastic laces, take into account that your foot's going to be a little larger on race day because of whatever the humidity, you know, the heat, you just blood flow into, into your body. So mm-hmm. I put on, put on my shoes. And I'm like, I can't feel my toes. Mm-hmm. Like these are tight. So mm-hmm. I start running, but I'm like, it's okay. We'll figure it out. And I start running the first, the first 5k. I don't, I don't feel the greatest, but my pace is really good. Like I went through a little patch probably within the first five minutes. I'm like, Oh, all right. Things, not as you know my legs aren't as sparkly as i wanted it to be but i'm like it's okay you go through the ups and downs in the run and it's what it is so first 5k in like 1930 around so i was like okay this is this is my goal pace like if i can hold this this is great and um what i didn't realize is how humid it was because it was a cool day it was cloudy uh and it was probably like 65 degrees the sun was not that much but it was super humid and i only drank really my one bottle of nutrition, which is like, I don't know, 600 milliliters, and then another bottle of electrolytes. And I contemplated the whole ride. Should I get another one? Should I get another one? And I don't know why I didn't. This was a big mistake. Um, and I didn't. So I only took in two bottles of, of, like, of drink, you know, for the whole two hours, but didn't realize how much I was sweating because when you're going 25 miles an hour and the breezes, the sea breezes on you, mm-hmm. you don't even think you're sweating. You're like, I'm not sweating at all. It's all just repelling off you. Right. And, uh, yeah, so then I'm starting to get like kind of hazy in a way. Like I'm like, whew, this is kind of weird. So I'm like, okay, I'll take a gel. My plan was to take three gels on the run, one at 10 minutes, one at 40 minutes. No, one at 10 minutes. Yeah, one at about 40 minutes. And if I needed another one in like another 20 minutes, just to keep on, you know, one was caffeinated. So I took the caffeinated gel first because I was like, maybe I need some energy. And that was fine. And I start running and then I just like, things start to get kind of blurry. Things start to like, I start slowing down a lot. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I start having a point where I kind of have to walk and I'm getting past a lot. So I'm like, oh crap, like I'm getting, people are moving by me, you know, I'm, I'm walking and I'm jogging, kind of get back into running and then try to like run with this person. And, you know, I, none of the people towards the end, you know, were running that fast. I just... I was running out of fuel, running out of energy. And I'm like, man, I hope there's like a medical tent out here because I think I'm going to pass out. Like I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. I was like, I hit, I hit the wall, you know, like I was like, man, this is not, this is not going great. Like I'm still walking and jogging and I'm on the little lollipop loop where you go on the trail on Santa Cruz where there's nothing, there's no, there's no aid station out there. Uh, it's kind of like, you don't really hear anything and yeah, it's, it's really just you. So this is kind of when things get tough. And I think when the mental game of triathlon comes into play a lot and I kind of started like, you know, being a little like 
what's the word for it? Um, drowning in kind of self pity, I guess. You had like, you had uh, what does Goggins say? You had poopy pants on. That's a, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, I was kind of being kind of kind of negative. Like it's all right. Today's not your day, man. Like you know, it is what it is. Like this happens. Mm-hmm. Instead of being more positive, I think to that point because I was like, man, I don't feel right. You know, it's not that I had stomach issues. I it was just dehydration or it wasn't enough carbohydrates it was probably both of those mm-hmm. um and yeah that really that really starts to affect you you know within the four hours of the race so and then i was like crap i was i knew i was on pace to run like a 119 Oof. you know through the first like five so i was i mean that was only through the first 5k i was like if i could hold this this is my this is perfect you know i can go sub 410 this would be great mm-hmm. and then yeah i just hit that wall and i just couldn't I couldn't push myself that hard and I was just like, man, I gotta, I gotta walk here. And then as I kind of jogged and got through like to the aid station and started taking on more water and electrolytes, I, uh, I started to feel better. So I was like, okay, it was definitely hydration. I kind of start to like get back into the rhythm of things and, um, and yeah, and then kind of get to the end. Um, but knew I just didn't have a great, a great day, but obviously on the run, you know, I saw my pace and wearing a watch. I, I know what I did. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, Ah, you know, kind of a bummer. And I think at first when I finished, I was kind of upset, you know, with myself because I was like, man, you were right on track. You were right to like go faster than you really thought you could. Like, because I thought 412, like, that's a stretch. Like, I, I don't know if I can hit that, you know. And then I ended up finishing 417 and, and some change, something like that. So, still a big improvement on my last time. I saw your time. I saw, you know, I was tracking you on Ironman Tracker and I was like, you know, we had talked a little bit and we were like, you know, eh, it might be the magic day, you know, might be the day where you go top three. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I saw you went, what, top five in your age group, I think. Yeah, I think I got fifth in my age group and then I was like 20th Nin- overall. Yeah, know, 19 or 20 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, and at an Ironman race, especially in California, you yeah. know, for, for folks who don't know the Ironman circuit, California is an Ironman, is a triathlon state. You know, it's like Boulder, but at a state level. Yeah, yeah, it's Boulder with more people. Yeah, but super competitive, and that's the thing. Like, the field this, if you look at the times this year to last year, big difference. They jumped. Yeah, 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 but which is awesome. You know, I'm glad the competitive people come out. You know, that's why I do these things is to race, you know, race the best and, you know, see see where I'm at against against these guys. But, uh, but yeah, you know, some days it's just – things happen you know and that's that's what's cool about the sport is you go back you know you figure out what you did wrong you learn from it you know all these little things whether it was the lead up whether it was what you did the day of whether it was the stuff you needed to hit you know your nutrition your hydration like there's so much that goes into these um and yeah they're hard to to i think the hardest part is closing it out you know it's yeah. easy to get to the event you know it, it, but then it's like executing the event is is the the cherry on top and that's i think the toughest the toughest part so you were saying you know at first you kind of so your progression was at first you kind of felt a little a little down about your performance yeah probably the whole day like i was pretty like upset like my parents like you did you know obviously they're biggest supporters you know yeah my girlfriends you know you did great you did great and i didn't want to hear my time i was like i don't even want to know what i did yeah because in my head i did really bad and this is this is a thing like to also like in the future race you know stop worrying about the time so much because it's a lot of times it's better than you expect because mm-hmm. i didn't know my swim time i thought i swam like three to four minutes slower than i really did 
is then I find I was like kind of angry and I was like, oh, whatever. And I kind of didn't want to be bothered. And I was just like drinking water and kind of just sitting there like walking around by myself. And uh, I was like, damn it, damn it. Like, I don't even know how fast I went. And then I went back and just asked. And I was like, all right, so so when did I go? Yeah, lay it on me. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, let me hear it. Yeah. You know, and it's just, you went like 417. And I was like, oh, what did I swim? And they're like, like 27, you know, in, in a little bit, 27 minutes, like 20 seconds or something like that. And I was like, okay, that's not horrible. Like, wow, I was telling myself the whole day I did, I was doing bad. And I think that had a lot to do with like why I kind of, couldn't push myself as hard as I wanted to on the run. You know, one had to do, I did have to stop and retie my shoes because I'm, you know, the dummy and tied them way too tight. So <laughs> that lost me a good amount of time when you got, to, when you tie six yeah. knots in your shoe. Oh, uh, don't tie so many knots in your shoe. Then also don't tie them so tight. Uh, so that hurt my time. But yeah, and then realizing like it might be better than you, than you expected, you know? So don't always look at the time or don't always, you know, even where I watch sometimes, I think that that hurts a lot of people is they look at the, the time, they look at the pace they're going, and then like, it kind of scares them. And it's like, uh Oh, I can't but if you're feeling good, and you know, and it's like, and you're fit, then don't be scared by the, the time or, or where, where you're at, just keep it going. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's sometimes where as athletes, we want to know every metric, we want to know the time we want to know our, our swim strokes, you know, how many strokes we took, we want to know what the power was, what my cadence was like, mm-hmm when a lot of times you kind of just got to throw that out and just be like, I just got to go. Like, I just got to go as hard as I can go and sustain this for, you know, however long you're trying to sustain it for. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't put so much pressure on yourself. I think it's a good takeaway. Don't tie your shoes too tight. Yep. Take on nutrition even when you don't think you need it. Right. Even when you don't think you need it. Especially for these longer events. For sure. Yeah. Definitely electrolytes, you know, on the bike because you can you can take in a good amount on the bike and then also with the run you know the cups you don't know how much they fill up the cup with water like some of them were a quarter of the way full so you take a sip and you're halfway through the aid station and you're like i got a sip of water like that's not <laughs> hydrating you know yeah. <laughs> it's like and they're volunteers so it's like you can't you know what i mean i'm so great that they come out and stand there for you know eight hours even more you know all day they take up their time you know so it's like you can't be mad it is what it is but it's just like that's just how it goes mm-hmm. you know you gotta be you got to be, uh, yeah, willing to take the good with the bad. And then, yeah, let yourself kind of like feel like down, you know, if you did kind of let yourself down a little bit, like it's okay to be a little bit upset. You know, I was kind of like not glad that I was upset. I probably didn't need to go as long as I did. You know, I kind of took the whole day. I was kind of like, kind of sad, you yeah. know, but allowing yourself to feel that, like, you know, if you do train really hard and you do put a lot of pressure on, on yourself to do well and you put a lot into it, it's like, it's okay to be like, oh, damn it, you know didn't quite get there but then also seeing the other side of like okay it's okay that's fine you go back to the drawing board you go back at it you know what we need to work on next one coming up soon so. fuel for the fire start to feel the appreciation for all the people that helped you get there like in your case yeah. you know your girlfriend your family you know having all that appreciation you know for the mentorship you have with uh you know dan Pius and endure iq and yeah, you know, everyone, you know, and yeah. like, I think for me, when I'm having those hard days, or I didn't quite meet my expectation. I agree with you, I think it's important to feel those emotions and be like, you know, damn it. Um, and, and, you know, get a little upset because what that it, what that means is that you care about it. You know, yeah. you know, and, and be and you don't want to necessarily 
stifle those emotions or suppress those emotions, you know, recognize them, feel them, let them come out. But then I think what I try to do is I try to, like you said, those volunteers that volunteered their time to be out there to hand you, you know, that quarter cup of water um, that's lukewarm and <laughs> and feeling all the grat, you know, all the gratitude, even feeling gratitude for your body that it could even just complete it. You know, you got two, you got two working legs, you know, you got lungs that breathe air, you know, you can see, you can yeah. move, you know, and like, it's a miracle. We can even just do it, you know? And yeah. so having that gratitude, I think helps out with getting that transition of being able to be like, okay, I'm, I'm a little upset. I'm a little down in the dumps, but how do I also hold this other part of me where it's like, well, my family's here and I don't want to be poopy pants the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, they don't really care how fast you went. You know what I mean? Like they were like so impressed by what, by what I did. And you know, in my own head, I'm just the one kind of being like, oh, I'm kind of bummed, you know, but yeah, just really, it takes a team, you know, usually if you're doing the sport, you're probably not, you know, doing everything. You have a partner, you have a friend, you have a this, you have a that. You usually have, you have a mom or a dad in, in the case of the kids, right? And exactly. they're doing yeah, yeah. laundry and packing lunches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just realizing that, like, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't get so too down on yourself too long. It's okay. You know, if you feel like you need to cry and you got to cry, let it out, man. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. Feel the emotions, but then also remind yourself like it's not the end of the world right do this again you know yeah have a shot at it again yeah cool man yeah cool well brother i really appreciate you making the time for episode one of let's talk try shop and uh thanks dude for doing this yeah anytime it was super fun uh i love having the conversation and so you're a coach right yeah so, you know, um, let's throw them out there. What do you got? You got some social media. Folks can follow you. Folks can reach out if they want some help. Uh, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah. You probably just follow, like, uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Eric Oricella. So that's E-R-I-C-L-A-U-R-I-C-E-L-L-A. And, uh, yeah, you can see I'm not the, the greatest instagrammer like you know i don't the most uh i'm not like the follow you probably can't follow like my whole life on there but you'll see a few pictures of like you know races and kind of how they went i think i need to be a little better at it um something i yeah i feel like i could, I could do a better job of social media but yeah if you ever want advice or anything like that or just you know need someone to talk to about races or even if it's not about races you know yeah feel free to message me or anything like that i'm always here to help and help people grow through the sport and yeah, get what I got out of this sport because it's a lot and, and I really love it. And I put a lot of time and effort into it. So I would love to give back any knowledge that, that I have to other people looking to kind of find some knowledge. Cool. We'll put your uh, Instagram in the in the episode description and then we'll give a shout out to Dr. Dan, Dr. Dan Plews at Endure IQ. We'll make sure we give a link to him and any other shout outs you want to give? Uh... I could think of? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. Thanks, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make sure you thank your support system. And uh, yeah, just keep going out there. Keep having fun and and train hard. Sweet, dude. Well, uh, thanks for doing this. Let's let's close out episode one. We will uh, we'll catch you later. Sounds good. So uh, see you guys. See you.